This episode of the Stickers and Scuffs podcast has been brought to you by Remax Jack. Jack provides a friendly, customer-driven service in search for homes and provides excellent details on the market, values, and trends in buying and selling. Jack has been able to work with Cam on his search and always makes himself available when he has a question. Remax Jack will help you if you're looking to buy or sell a home within the GTA. He's who Cam K trusts to find his next home, and he should be yours too. Remember, call Remax Jack and start to pack. For more information, go to Remax Jack. Friends, it is our final guest episode for 2022, and why not have one of our favorites, the premier favorite, if you will, Adam Ross, back on the show with us tonight. And we've got a bun son back as well. Uh, not so little <laughs> Owen anymore is back on the show with us. Uh, Adam and Owen, thank you guys for coming on the show. Yeah. Who's going to go first? <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Rest up here. Thanks for having me, guys. Always, awesome. always fun. Yeah. Um, we've seen your name and your son color on the Valhalla Mobile's entry list for the Resi 500 iRacing tournaments. Do you enjoy iRacing? I used to. <laughs> <laughs> then we went out yesterday and did some racing with Valhalla, and I was terrible. Terrible. <laughs> so uh, I, I need some practice. <laughs> What type of car? Is it? Uh, sorry, go ahead, Gam. What type of car would you were you racing dirt? Yeah, yeah. So the the way TJ does it, you run, and and I don't know if he announces the tracks ahead of time. I I, I don't pay much attention. Connor, we were there for Connor. He he had a shot to uh, to win, so I was just along for the ride. As it turned out, we were super late models at Aldora, uh, midgets at the Chili Bowl. <laughs> And four ten sprint cars at Lincoln Speedway. So it's yeah, it's bracket racing. It's all one on one, and you win and lose through, throughout the day. Yeah, TJ's got a sweet little setup there with his tournament style and everything. He was good enough to let Owen try too, eh? Yeah, it was super fun. I got to do a Cup Series car on Eldora, and I won in the division that I was in. I won twenty five dollars from TJ. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, he's, you know, he's gone out, he's found some sponsors, which is really cool. And mm-hmm. you know what, watching what he's doing kind of reminds me of what you guys built. Because he's 100% passion and, and motivation and energy. And he's still, you know, figuring out how to best put it put it to use. But he ran a good event. He's going to have another one in January, so I'll be out there to support it. It's funny how you said that, Adam, because when we were at... The NASCAR week out of week in the summer, we we spent a bit of time with TJ, met him, and uh, got to talking with him. And I, I felt that kind of kinship with him, where like he's building something basically from square one, and 
and he's not afraid to get his his hands dirty and put in the long hours and turn something or turn nothing into something and and it's such a gratifying thing to do and you can relate to a bit of that too for sure and it doesn't take very long to realize who's in it for the right reasons exactly. you know what i mean it's it's kind of a vibe that that a person puts off and mm-hmm. you know i don't begrudge anyone who's out to make a dollar whether it's the ice cream truck or a souvenir stand but I'm always drawn to the people who are happy to be somewhere and happy to be a part of something. But to me, it just makes a difference. It truly shows. Yeah. So what what was your favorite moment of the 2022 season? Oh, that was my question. That's a big question, too. <laughs> um, a lot of racing. This is terrible, guys. I don't have one. Um, That's, that's not it. a bad answer. Interview honestly. over. Right? Because partly because probably I have a terrible memory, but there <laughs> there are so many moments that were fantastic. Visiting mm-hmm. Newfoundland, so it's not a moment; it was a whole weekend. But that was a special experience that 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 goes into my memory banks as one of the most um, rewarding things I've ever done to go down there. And that weekend didn't go all that well, you know. Mother Nature didn't cooperate, but it was still amazing. Uh, Trayton Lapsovich. Mm-hmm. winning at Ashwikin on the dirt, that exciting last lap, the crowd getting up on their feet. What, what were we watching not long ago where the crowd just went nuts at the end of it? I said, that's that's it. That's what you do it for. You can't fake um, pure joy uh, reaction from the crowd. So you know what? And I apologize for this because I, I'm not very good at remembering specific moments calling out a date and a time and a place where I was. But if I see it again, I'll remember, oh, yeah, that was pretty badass. So it's, it's that, that's on me. That's that's entirely my fault. Well, you tend to see a lap or two of racing through the season, so it might be hard to pinpoint an exact I don't know. I don't know if that's an excuse, though, because lots of people do, and they remember everything. I, I'm I, Like, I remember the energy an event puts off. I'll tell you what. One of my favorite races all year long was the APC race at Peterborough. Mm -hmm. You know, with all the things that we see, I was just so pumped up to see the crowd that showed up. It was a great race. So it's funny the things you look back on because there was a ton of fantastic races right down to Delaware at the end of the year. But Mm -hmm. but things that you pick up on it, you think, yeah, that was really cool. And here's why The, the place was full. Happy for JP, the promoter up there to have that great a show. So. Lots of moments. And, and even a bad day at the races is better than a good day most anywhere else. You said it. <laughs> so kind of going back to the Osh Weekend on Dirt, how big of a deal do you think it was seeing asphalt and dirt collide for the first time in NASCAR? Uh, I think it was huge. You know, that was a big opportunity for Glenn Styers, for Clinton Jeffrey, for, for anybody who loves dirt racing to make a first impression. And I, and I do think they knocked it out of the park. Um, all the stars lined up. The weather was ideal. Everything about it made, made for the perfect event. I, I don't see how the event could have gone a whole lot better, but I know damn well 2023's event will be a whole lot better. Mm-hmm, definitely. We were, we spent a good bit of that week there and it, 
watching Clinton running around and Glenn too, like with the track prep and just making sure everything, every conceivable detail is looked after. You can tell they're not the kind of people to rest on their laurels and just let it snow over. I mean, they were hard at ripping the track up right after, like there was work being done the day after the Pinty's 100. I mean, they don't mess around around that place, do they? No, they don't. And, and with a dirt show, especially a dirt show at a Schweiken Speedway with Clinton Jeffrey at the helm, Doug Leonard calling the shots, Glenn Styers overseeing everything. Once that show starts, it does not stop. It is one thing after another, and you keep banging it off, so you watch these people go absolutely crazy. And then the event comes on, and it's organized chaos for that three, four hours, and then shut down and, and get ready to do it again. Well, we don't have the schedule yet, but uh, we're going to say that uh, Oshweekin's going to have uh, NASCAR Week's going to have some repeat customers with us, anyway. So, yeah, I think I think the buzz that came out of that, I think you'll see uh, more campers there. I think you'll see a bigger crowd. Mm -hmm. uh, don't, don't know about the car count. If the car count holds its own, that'll be great. But but yeah. as I say, they'll Clint will find areas to fine tune that event and make it an even better experience for the fans. Well, thank you for having me. That's all the questions I have. So we're gonna kick yeah. him out, and he's gonna go help his mother with some more uh, Christmas stuff. And <laughs> all right, say hi to your brother. Merry Christmas! Okay. Thank you. Thanks Merry for Christmas. hanging out. Thanks, bud. Well, yes, it's it's interesting that you say that, Adam, because I'm curious. Um, we did see some interest from outside drivers coming into the to race with Kenny Schrader and Christopher Bell originally was going to be part of it and, and Stuart Friesen. It doesn't sound like uh, that might be the only place that will get some attention from possible drivers wanting to make starts in the series next year. I mean, we saw Delaware Speedway got, we had some names come into that race like Ray Morneau Jr. who didn't, you know, have a great start to the race, unfortunately, mechanical issue, but add him, add Jake Sheridan, the APC stars that come into this series, like Kyle Steckley as well, they don't come in and run 15th. They come in and they're automatically battling in that top five, that top 10. We were, I was side by side with Graydon and, and at Delaware Speedway, Jake Sheridan battling. Oh my God, was he fun to watch because he was not taking whatever anybody was giving him. Yeah, Jake's driving style is perfect for the NASCAR Pinty series. His energy is perfect. His attitude is perfect. Um, Tony Spiteri has his work cut out for him, but he's got the right vision because <laughs> finally, after probably 15 years, finally the NASCAR Pinty series is starting to be a destination that up-and-coming Ontario racers aspire to. It hasn't been for a long time. Has been in Quebec, but in Ontario, they, they just weren't that into it. Like there was no real reason because Cayuga and Delaware weren't the um, the cornerstones of the schedule anymore. But things are starting to come around, and we've got some great young talent, and and that's great representation from from all different parts of the country, and from a new generation is exactly what the sport. Is. It's true. We talked about this with the even just the paint scheme challenge that we put out on the, the NASCAR Penny series Facebook group, two of the biggest, like none of the most popular drivers in this series were the ones that were winning it. It was names that Matthew Shirley from Mount West, 
Brandon McFarland from Atlanta, Canada. Ray Morneau Jr., who made one start in the series. Aaron Turkey, who made a start at Oshweek and Speedway. I said at the end of this, I want to see all of these guys in the series full time. Can you imagine all of those <laughs> fan bases getting one of those drivers week in and week out? And that, when you think about the, the prospect of having these names from all over, it makes it even more attractive than what we've seen in the past couple of seasons. I think we, we kind of know that the base is Ontario. A lot of the cars, a lot of teams are from there. Quebec's a lot of the competitors are coming from there, but the talent is all across Canada. And we're starting to really see that come through. And through, through, for a lot of reasons where people know these names now, Aaron Turk, when would a Ray Morneau fan ever know who Aaron Turkey was or vice versa? or who Brandon McFarlane is. But there's a lot of forces at play that are bringing these groups together. Like you say, you don't even have to have them all race on the same track at the same day. But the fact is, people are interested. They're interested in what's going on at Delaware Speedway, and they're interested in what's going on at Eastbound out in Newfoundland. So the fact that there's this buzz and a lot of it, you know, the work that that, that you folks are doing, uh, but the work that, that is happening within the industry, I think we're, we're pretty fortunate uh, that we have the Tony Spateris and the Luke Ramseys and the Glenn Styers and the Canadian Tire with Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. It's just a good time with a lot of people investing a lot of their energy into uh, our sport. That that one thing, just before Green, because I think one thing I wanted to touch on was what APC just announced was a 200-lap finale at Delaware Speedway. Now, all of a sudden, I look at that and go, okay, this weekend gets even sweeter now because yeah. it's great as it was. But now all of a sudden you don't have the short track nationals at Jucasa. But if I'm Matt Shirley who races late models out in Western Canada or Mer- Brad McFarland who races late models, why not make the trip and come and be in an APC series finale race as well? Like the options there, you know, if you're not gonna make the investment to come down for one race, all of a sudden now you've got two races but then there's also crossover appeal for the Saturday and the Sunday people running both events. And that's perfect prep 200 laps in the late model event gives you lots of experience. We saw it with DJ Kennington, Brandon Watson, Trayton laps, which Kyle Stackley, Ray Morneau all ran the APC race before it. So all of a sudden when you talk about this weekend and it's like, Oh my God, the excitement is already building for the fall brawl. That's exactly what we wanted to see. Right. Oh, absolutely. And I, I love what they're doing. You know, yep. they, they've gotten outside the box to, to create some longer races, try to create some different storylines. I think it'll be a lot of fun to watch. I, I hope, and this is up to Luke Ramsey and Alex Nake, I hope the payouts are going to increase accordingly yes. to, to cover the cost of the extra yeah. rubber and the extra fuel for these teams. But I, I trust that it will. And just the fact that they're making these bigger events, it's all part of an overall package where whether you like it or not, uh, racing is very expensive, right? And the business model has been changed for a long time. So if they can start to bring in some different type of, of marketing money to the APC series for these drivers and give them some flagship races uh, to hang their hats on and promote, and the money finds its way to these race teams that really need it, I think that's a great thing. And I think it, uh, 
to kind of what Owen spoke to earlier, where we were talking about uh, asphalt and dirt worlds colliding, it can kind of happen at the same track on the same surface where you have your APC. So we know there's kind of the, the, the APC club and the NASCAR crowd type thing, but uh, you can pick your poison there. But I think we've seen as true with uh, even the speed fest at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, the, the combo platter, if you will, of all the different racing disciplines that bring all the different fandoms together makes for a hell of a good party. And, and you're, you're absolutely right and delivers an awful lot more value to whoever's yes. getting involved, the vendors, the sponsors, the fans. Everybody wins. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of the things that I think we've talked about in the past is that for years, it's kind of been that you went to a Pendy's race and that was what you got was the Pendy series and that was it. Well, we, we kind of realized that's no, that's not that's not what people want. They want bang for their, you know, bang for their buck, right? That's the reality. Ticket value. Exactly. That was always, it was always an Ontario short track formula. When we go west, there's support classes. When we go east, there's support classes. When we go to road courses, the days are full of racing. And I, I think a lot of promoters have missed out on yeah. being able to run their local drivers. You're, you're putting eyeballs on your product that don't come every week. For goodness mm-hmm. sake, at least show them what's going to be there next Saturday after yep. the 50-series leaves. Yes. Yes, exactly. And that's <laughs> That's one of the things is that um, I go back and I talk about why I talk about the Ontario Sportsman Series so much is because that's what I saw years ago with Cascar was they had, I think it was um, Thundercars, Midgets, and the uh, Ontario Sportsman Series when it was Cascar at Peterborough. You saw like six races in one night. It was amazing, right? And now all of a sudden, if you go and spend that more money, but you see one race, it's kind of like, eh, right? I could have missed this. But when you see have all that all that other value and you get to see those and you you mean you talked about it i mean we were at delaware speedway was there anybody louder than ray morno's fans in the pinties race like half the, like literally the entire left side of the grandstand was from windsor it was yeah. completely you huge you can't buy that support you can't no. rent it you can't fabricate it it it's it it's natural and yes. and such a great kid, such a great racing family. Um, I couldn't be happier for them. But it makes me wonder sometimes. He is a great kid. So is Jake Sheridan. Jake Sheridan's a great kid, too. He doesn't get the pop that Ray Morneau gets. Like you, you can go down the line to all these people. Like What makes this one different than that one? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the magic formula in racing. Is, it's uh, so hard. It's yeah. so hard to figure out because... At the same time, with Braden, we talk about this all the time, right? And that's, I'd love to see this company with this driver. Love to see this company with this driver. And you're just going, what is it that about this person that they can keep a sponsor for 30 years and you don't see them do any sort of promotional stuff at all? And then you got a guy who's on social media, who's posting all the time, and they can't get anybody. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating. Absolutely. It's a different world, right? And J.R. Fitzpatrick recently has done a very good job of explaining how he does not fit in that culture. He doesn't mm-hmm. fit in very well to the corporate culture, which he recognizes good mm-hmm. for him. He does what he is able to do, what he can comfortably afford to do, or at least justify. And he doesn't do things that we would like to see. I'd love to see him on the Pinkies tour again. 
but mm-hmm. it, it's not in the cards for him right now because he does not thrive in that boardroom setting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying he couldn't. He could. He's he's a he's a good guy. He understands the business side of the sport. He understands. You know, sometimes there's a white hat. Sometimes there's a black hat. He doesn't mind wearing either of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's great for business. And you never know what's going to come down the road. But but it is a different animal. The, the these business deals. It's disappointing to me that racing has become such an elite sport. For such for such a blue collar entertainment, yeah, it, it, it's it's unattainable for most people. Yep. I still love it. I don't want to drag it down in any way. I just wish it was more um, realistic mm-hmm. for a young I feel person you, bud. with passion <laughs> to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, perfect example, Graydon. Right, you experienced it last year. I mean, and you. Weren't at the highest level. <laughs> no, not even close. I mean, it's it it's so true. I mean, it and that's I think why I've the minimal or like the limited starts that I do have, and any one that I get from here on out, I will hold on to with both hands and remember it for as long as humanly possible because it is it it as you said, it's become kind of an elitist type sport and it's it's a shame that it is the case and i mean it's kind of partly why we all sort of exist i mean we're trying to make this a a better place and attract people to to come and and try their luck at racing like come and invest in it and see where your dollar goes and and like Kyle's talked to us at Bright Cam about like all the education that you can get as a competitor, never mind a fan or a sponsor. Like you got to be an economist, you got to be a mechanic, a fabricator. I mean, there's nothing that racing doesn't offer somebody. I I never grew up dreaming of being a race announcer. Never. Not not once. Yet here I am and I love it. <laughs> yeah. I've, yeah. I've created a new dream as I've gone. I dreamed to be a race car driver. That's that's that was my path. That that was what kept me up at night. <laughs> it's just the way the, the way things go right now. You, you fall into things, and it's funny how I mean we've talked about the the racing scene. I think we really felt that the pandemic would really hurt it, and I think we've seen that. I mean, this year I feel still that it's still going to be. We're still going to be iffy here. I mean, inflation is going to still going to happen. Costs of stuff is still going up. But you know what? The amount of buzz, like you had mentioned, Adam, is still very, very huge. And the fact is, is that there's so many amazing racing series across Canada that, I mean, we've got RS1 all the way out in BC. They're gearing up once again. Pinties is gearing up once again. You've got outlaw midgets. Uh, we've gotten to be able to, to learn all about this. And one thing that you guys really preached to us when we first started the podcast two years ago was you've got to go grassroots. Like you've got to learn, learn these people that, that literally spend every last dollar on their race cars. And some of the most amazing people we have met have been in motorsports. Is that is it the 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 fact that these a lot of these guys and gals tell me I don't know how to run a social media page, I don't know how to run Facebook, I know how to wrench cars, but I don't know how to do any of this stuff. 
And, and that's where maybe that, as you talked about that corporate world is there's that gap is that we need people to kind of help bridge it. Like make those connections. Yeah. One hundred percent. I'm very proud of the work that we've done with GeForce TV. Um, I think that is a bridge. Yes. Right. I, I think we're yeah. doing something that we really love to do, but we're also providing a vehicle for for these race teams to to use to help promote. So so it's win win. And we're we're not alone. There's a lot of people doing similar things. The work that you guys do, the work that Greg McPherson has done for decades right in the media so there are all these things that are all lifelines to to the sport mm-hmm. that if, if it helps someone pick themselves up or if it helps someone elevate their program a little bit far out man that's that's fantastic because we're getting a lot out of it too right <laughs> just, uh, and I, I don't i don't mean financially i just mean we're, we're building something that we can be really proud of and mm-hmm. uh taking part in events that that we're excited to be a part of and it just makes the machine a little bit bigger it makes that snowball roll and grow and grow and uh, it's it's just good it's all positive momentum that's exactly it and it with the addition of g-force and and these other avenues of taking in racing content correct me if i'm wrong but these last couple of off i mean we're biased because we're we're involved in it now. We get to bring people on and talk about it. But the feeling, I, I mean, that we're already feeling in this off season is better than last. But like these last couple of off seasons feel like they're much more full of optimism. There was a time like when the lights went out at Kawartha and then eventually Jukasa. And now when the lights shut out at Delaware and the Pinty series is done, which is something that, I mean, you know, we beat the drum of the Pinty series for a long time exclusively. And it, once that season, the lights went out on it, it all went dark. And then there was no talk, no buzz, no nothing for, for long, long time. I mean, it's the long off season in the sense that we're not seeing stuff on track, but now that we have all these, ways to talk about it and and talk about all these names and engage with them these off seasons seem a lot shorter and a lot better right and that that's a huge goal that's tj mm-hmm. martin's goal with Valhalla and the resi yep. 500 event is to keep things going year-round keep the family together yep. um because you don't know you don't know what's going to happen if you let things if you were to let things fall and for us weekend, the third week of September, if you were to just close the gates and not keep in contact with anybody, just open up the following spring, every year you're going to lose a little bit more, you're a little bit more. You'll try to gain while the season is going, but you are going to lose because our off season is eight freaking months long. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you've got to keep people engaged the best you mm-hmm. can. And, and, and this does that. Like a number of things do that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's the hardest, it's the hardest thing, right? Is is you're trying to keep it going while it's not going. And it's it is, it's 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 always gonna be a, an uphill battle, right? I mean, we've we've talked about yeah. that. Um well, no matter where you go. Yes, yes and no. It's a it's a battle, but if we, the collective we mm-hmm. keep on doing the things that we're doing. I mean, we're we're already halfway through December. Yep. Yeah. We're, we're, what, nine weeks from the Daytona 500? Mm-hmm. So, is it an uphill battle? It's different than it was. 
But mm-hmm. it's great to be able to keep in touch with these people, to be able to watch interviews. Hey, I didn't know DJ Kennington even was alive in December. I thought he hibernates <laughs> in October and comes back out in April and we go racing, right? So so the things that are happening to shorten the off-season is bringing us all closer together, mm-hmm. keeping yeah. connections. And, and I think there will come a time where we don't have to look at it as, oh, this is such a challenge. We'll look at it as, man, I'm so excited because January means this is going to happen. Uh, whatever the, the Motorama show is going to go on. So, so you, you, I missed, this is way before your time, but there used to be TQ midget races three times every winter in the Niagara Falls Convention Center. Wow. And let me tell you, there's a number of us who, who relied on those dates to keep us alive. They were the most fun. Get the racing communities from Western New York, Central New York, Ontario down there to watch midgets and, and suck oh, cool. sure it took years <laughs> off our lives. But they were such critical, pivotal weekends in the off season because people knew you could get together with your family. You could see the people you wanted to see. You're just sucking those fumes in getting your fix, eh? Like, oh yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick story. So I raced go-karts in there. It's a concrete oval. The most dangerous racetrack you've ever seen. <laughs> and I was not very good. So I would qualify 20th. We're racing Briggs, uh, Briggs powered carts, methanol burning engine. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. So there's two laps to go in the race before. Okay, boys, fire them up. We all start these engines. I'm 20th. So I'm breathing the fumes from 19 engines right in front of me. There's blood coming out of my eyes. It's horrible fumes. So you try, you'd have to have your visor open for a couple of pace laps just to get the nastiness out of your helmet that was in there. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's it like crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, of right? course. I love it, right? It's like tear gas, but it was freaking awesome. <laughs> and those. Those were events that talk about bringing people together. There were super modified racers, modified racers, late model racers for, from, from both sides of the border, even the people we raced carts with. You know, Bob Slack had, had his entry, so Brett Stratford would have been racing. Uh, trying to think of names, but they're all before your time. But it was all people that you could watch what they do in the outdoor seasons. And think, yeah, I raced. I raced with them all winter long. Nice to see them winning down at Oswego or down at Spencer or at Marathville, wherever the case might be. So the question is posed, Adam, and it's been posed a bit because people were seeing that uh, the Euro Series is going to do it. Oh, you beat me to it. I, did I? <laughs> I, I knew you were going to ask. So, ice, snow racing. Ever a possibility, do we think, here for the Pinty Series? I know it might be a little far-fetched, but maybe. Is it? Any, anything is possible, boys. Let's let's be clear. You know, <laughs> if, there's, if there's value in doing it. But I mm-hmm. say, go talk to some of these drivers. They're all doing it with their crews, with a bunch of junkyard cars they've got anyhow. So just because the TV cameras aren't rolling doesn't mean it's not happening. Mm-hmm. So it is possible. There are some key demographics that are that are iced in throughout the winter. I mean, Canada's a great country. Mm-hmm. We've got lots of ice to choose from. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Yeah, you can't Even beat winter and join it. Winter Invitational, right? Exactly. It. Uh, I can't see the teams being thrilled about it, but the fiberglass mm-hmm. makers will be. 
Yeah, that stuff will snap good in the cold. Although, <laughs> although Adam, we thought that would be the case at Oshwikin, and people were pretty well for the most part on their best behavior. Like we didn't go up and do and pull a truck set Knoxville. Like no. I was, I was expecting. I was literally expecting they were all going to go and turn one. Somebody was going to spin. We're all going to all wad them up, and Just that mark, didn't happen. Mark my words, Oshwikin is a unicorn of dirt track. <laughs> so. <laughs> When we go to a different venue, hypothetically speaking, uh-huh. don't do not expect it's the, the same. same outcome, the same style of racing. <laughs> I say, buckle up, get get a sippy cup for your beer because uh, there might be a little more dirt in it. Which well, is- well, <laughs> it was we, we've already kind of put that out because the, the press release was already put out in Quebec, so we do know where they're headed. I I don't know that track very well. But based off some of the racing, it looks quite fun. Well, I'll tell you what, the fans are going to have a blast. <laughs> oh, they are high energy venues. The fans yeah. love it. I'm, I'm all for it. I mean, yeah. there again, it goes back to my point where I wish, and uh, on our Rivals Race Chat show, Clinton and I were actually just talking. We, we, we want to hit some topics that people don't always think about. It should be the more races you run, the more potential you have to make money. It is the opposite of that. Yes. The more, the more races you run, the greater the expense, the more money you have to find from an outside source. So where you might say, well, why don't we run 20 races? Why don't we run 30 races? There, people can't sustain that. You got to mm-hmm. find. So I'd love to have all these races. I wish there was a formula where, where more and more money could come in to support mm-hmm. these these teams because there are we will never run out of ideas you'll, you'll no. never run out of something new you could do with a race car run into a, a walmart parking lot there you go yep. <laughs> that's the that's the way it you know be done i mean i think that uh, there, the avenues there's a lot of tracks i mean we i mean haven't even considered out there that still exists i mean we, we're not even touching bc yet and the folks in the RS1 have got that beautiful Area 27 racetrack, and they've got the newly rebuilt and or not rebuilt but repaved um, Penticton Speedway. So, like, there are options out there all over. But I think even even places that may have been forgotten about. I think we think about the Peterboroughs and the Flamboroughs. I would love to see this series come back and run Peterborough Speedway. It takes me back to seeing it as a kid, right? Uh-huh. And that's. It's it's one of those things, right? The the racing bug doesn't die. Uh, it does not. I mean, we we tried, man. We tried to get rid of it for a couple of years, and it's come back <laughs> and it's come back worse. I mean, we're we're suffering from the racing addiction, but um, I don't think this is one we want to get rid of. So, um, Adam, we always love having you on the show. It is uh, always a blast getting to talk with you and and all of your advice and help with us uh over the past two years has been absolutely crazy this is episode 95 of the show that wild congratulations isn't that crazy cool and uh you you were uh one of the names that we first talked to way way back and um and when i first met you i was petrified first off to talk to you because i didn't it was it was adam ross oh my god and it was in toronto and uh, you took the time to talk, even though you were walking, you were busy. You had, you had to call the practice, I think it was. 
and uh, but you took time and and now look at us. Now you now you're stuck with us. So. Now I got to book my time with you. I can't, I can't even come up and have a conversation. We got to be penciled in for it to happen. But no, it's it's great. It's awesome. You, you guys are doing fabulous work, and you're being recognized for it as well, which is so rewarding. You know, pe- people see it. They feel it. You 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 bring the passion, and, and that's number one. It's the number one ingredient. Everything else will fall into place. Uh, if you have your mindset to it and you guys obviously have and you you've done a great thing i and it's you know i've had people message me hey who's going to win this best appearing car vote and, and i have to kind of pretend that i'm up to speed on who won the last <laughs> round and who <laughs> although although i did love i matthew shirley's car was the, was the best looking car all year long i love the look of that car but so many things happen that uh, that i i disconnect from when, when the season ends, I intentionally take a good two steps back mm-hmm. and uh, just just live. Just mm-hmm. I, I, do we have time for any stories or are we are we saying goodbye? Go, 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 go. So I got invited to a Facebook group that is for racing announcers. And, and there's some high profile people on there. Dave Moody is one of them. And there's a number of others. People introduce themselves where they got their start. It's very interesting, but they pose questions a fair bit. You know, how do you how do you mold your style, or what do you listen to? But the one thing was, how do you keep your your skills sharp in the off season? And I'm reading about people who do uh, fictitious lineups on their way to work. They'll be driving in their car doing these lineups, or other I people do that. That, <laughs> that watch that. And, and I think it's awesome. I don't do anything. <laughs> I, like I feel so bad reading this stuff. Like, you know what? I try. My voice is twice as strong as it was in September. That's what I do in the off season. I try to not shout anymore, so that Recover. I have something to work in the work with in the spring. I'm a huge fan. Like like I paid for the snowball derby because I wanted to watch it. Connor wanted to watch it. So so I I do watch and and you take in what what other people do, but. Uh, no, I can't say I spend a lot of time fake announcing um, on my way to work. Or like you'll run things through your head. But but the reason I bring that story up is is to look at uh, how these people try to, to to mold themselves, to try to improve themselves. And we we should always be striving to do a little bit better. But yeah. the sport is in good hands as long as there's all these people. Don't get me wrong; I'm still as passionate as I ever was. I just make that choice to take that step back. So when I hit it in the spring, like, man, yeah, this this is exciting. Let's do this. But in the winter, uh, very shortly, I'm going away with the family. We're, we're going south somewhere tropical. Nice. Uh, we'll unplug for, for a week and a half and enjoy each other. And, and not there will barely be a mention of race cars unless Connor brings something up. But I, I know that Devin or Angie won't. So <laughs> all good. Well, it, uh, 2022 is awesome. Packed full of great moments for us, for sure. Uh, getting to spend some time. I don't know if you arrived on a final name, but the Dutch oven was, uh, my experience up there <laughs> in the booth was pretty fun. Um, getting the, to walk a mile in your shoes and see how you guys, uh, call the races was super fun. And, uh, uh, again, yeah, we just, uh, 
we're looking to build on this for 2023 and we we thank you for for yeah your time and, oh. and and helping us out in any which way you can man and it's it's just really appreciated thank you for doing your part i mean you you have found your part and you have excelled at it i felt badly when you came up into the tower because <laughs> we are so boring like we're so you can, i was having a blast oh yeah we do we do have a good time but yeah. quite often when the mic goes off or when we go to a commercial break and some of them are a little longer than others, we, we sort of shut down. You know, there'll be a smart-ass <laughs> track passing along between Greg and I if, if something strikes us funny. Otherwise, it might be dead silence <laughs> until the lights come back on and it's time to go again. But no, it's it's we're an open book. Come in and, and enjoy. And hopefully you got to do that at other venues as well to see how different people uh, run their show and you sort of pick and choose. It's like an a la carte menu, right? You pick and choose yeah. what you like from this, what you like from that. And that's how you deliver your product. Exactly. Oh, man. Well, we got so much still to look forward to in 2023. We ain't going anywhere. Adam Ross isn't going anywhere, but that is going to be it for now. I want to thank Adam for joining us on the Stickers and Scuffs podcast. Episode 95 is officially in the books. We will catch you all next week.